0: Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 42, Unworthiness Work for the World. Hello! Hi! first awareness offerings episode in two weeks. I missed you. I missed this podcast. Thank you for hanging out while I was doing what needed to be done. Uh, the, the first week we had a hiatus was because there was a lot going on. And then last week I was out of town. I was in Costa Rica. Um, and we'll talk more about all of that in a bit, but I'm so appreciative uh, that I get to be back here and do this. Uh, so welcome back to us all. And as always, a little housekeeping. If you'd like to support this podcast, best ways you can do so are by rating, leaving a review, subscribing on whatever platform you're using to listen, which helps other people find it. And of course, if you're called to share on social media or by word of mouth, that also helps other people find it. And I'm incredibly appreciative of any of those steps and as per usual, just that you, you took the step to press play and to be here. So here we are, and we'll go into our, our traditional opening practice of singing the sound of Om one time. Om is the sound of consciousness. It is the sound of the universe. And so it's almost like asking to Take the dial on the radio station of our mind and change the channel from something that might be kind of immediate and really focused on our our day-to-day lives, our to-do list, our chatter of the mind, and turn it to a station that's a little more expansive and open and connected. That's what we're doing when we OM. So you can do this by singing the sound of OM out loud with me, or you can just listen. And if you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. You might choose to close your eyes or soften your gaze if it is safe and comfortable for you to do so. You might take a breath in through your nose here. And then let all that breath go through your nose if nostril breathing is accessible for you. Just creating some space. And then we'll inhale through the nose for one sound of ohm. For joining me in that practice and now we'll go into our discussion for this week So as I touched on a little bit at the, you know, in the very first moments of this podcast, I was out of town last week. I was in Costa Rica because one of my social media clients and colleagues as a meditation teacher, Lena Franklin, who's wonderful. You can find her at I am Lena Franklin on Instagram, uh, but she had a retreat. She and her partner, Jeff, and their, um, kind of, um, institution for spiritual study called the East Institute. They all had an immersion, a spiritual immersion in Costa Rica this last week. So I was there both assisting with the retreat in different ways and doing my work as a social media strategist, kind of one of the the forms that my work takes in the world, um, doing real-time social media, kind of capturing the teachings and some of the retreat in real time and sharing and holding space in that way. So I was in Costa Rica and as I was both assisting with and capturing social for this, for this retreat, I was also on the retreat. I was doing a lot of the inner work uh, that was happening on the retreat because that's what it was for. It was a spiritual growth immersion. I keep saying retreat, but um, they refer to these these trips that they take through the East Institute as immersions because it really is, um, you know, it's a deep dive into work. It's it is beautiful and nourishing, and we were in this gorgeous place on a quartz crystal mountain in the rainforest of Costa Rica. So so luxurious and nourishing and gorgeous but not so much a traditional retreat in that it involved a lot of real work, a lot of looking at our own selves, our own patterns, our own stuff, um, in in the hope to transform them um, through spiritual growth work on this spiritual retreat. And so... I was doing that. I was doing the work that I was there to do as a as a, you know, facilitator and as a social media strategist, but I was also doing my own inner work along with the retreat group. And we were in a space where we were very purposefully looking at, you know, beliefs and fears that we have, essentially patterns that we get into in our minds that could be keeping us stuck, that could be keeping us feeling constricted. Um, And this is sort of the essence of a lot of, of yogic and spiritual work, regardless of who you're doing it with and what path you're on, is essentially making the unconscious conscious, making ourselves aware of what we don't know about ourselves yet in order to use that awareness to get more free. That's essentially the meaning of one of the really classical and most widely used yogic mantras, Om Namah Shivaya, you know, help me see what I don't see yet so that I can get more free. So that was the essence of the work that our retreat group was doing, our immersion group, I should say, in Costa Rica. And I was doing that alongside them. And my stuff, my patterns, the places where I'm stuck were coming up which was this wild experience because I'm in another country, gorgeous, wild, new country that I've never been to. I'm working, doing my job in multiple capacities, both as you know a teacher and a space holder and as a social media strategist. And I'm doing capital T, capital W, the work, looking at myself and working on my stuff. And so my my stuff really came to the forefront. I was I became really aware of of different ways that my personal patterns and and, um, inner stickiness can take shape in my life. I have long since been aware that unworthiness, lack of worth, um, is a pattern for me that a lot of the repetitive thoughts, fears, anxieties, beliefs and patterns that I notice in myself um, in doing this work of bringing the unconsciousness into consciousness over the last you know nine years of purposefully walking my spiritual path I've noticed that I am not good enough, I am not enough has has been a persistent pattern for me and it's taken shape in different ways. It's it doesn't always look the same. It it comes up through different patterns and different stories that I tell myself, but I'm I'm really familiar with it as a pattern that's really deeply rooted and and persistent for me. And it was up as I was doing this inner work on this immersion in Costa Rica, it was up and I discovered it in some new ways. Um, some new I I got some new and different awareness of, of different thoughts that I have and different stories that I tell myself that I wasn't really consciously aware of yet, but that continuously and still circle back to that pattern of unworthiness of I am not good enough. And so I was in Costa Rica working with my own unworthiness mind along with everything else that I was doing um, and all the other beauty that was present and, and just the, the the depth and gorgeousness of this immersion I was on with this wonderful group of people. Um, I was also really, really looking at my unworthiness and, and working on it, working with it noticing it working to accept it working to move through it let it move through me release it all the different steps to kind of working with these dense patterns and and places where we get stuck um I was doing that and you know I list all these different steps and they are you know they don't come from me they're different uh, ways of working with our stuff our patterns that I've learned from my different teachers and I was doing this unworthiness work and you know there were times when i would sort of look around and it would feel feel strange or unreal or even kind of weird to be in this beautiful place i was in atenas costa rica at a, a retreat center called the retreat costa rica and you know again it's on a quartz crystal mountain in the rainforest there are peacocks everywhere these lush gorgeous tropical plants everywhere you look um absolutely stunningly beautiful, out of this world kind of place. And I was doing this deep work on myself and with myself with a group of amazing people all doing the same thing. And it would feel, it was wonderful. It was deep. It was transformative. It was intense. It was everything. And it'll stay with me forever. But there were those moments where it was like kind of strange to kind of step back and look at what I was doing while I was doing it because of the world that we're living in. It felt really strange to be in paradise, just focusing so intensely on myself, knowing that were, we're living in the world that we are. I'm recording this in May 2022, and the intensity of our collective human and societal experience continues to be at the forefront. I mean, shit continues to get real, and really painful and intense and challenging things continue to happen. You know, I was off the podcast last week because I was in Costa Rica. But one of the reasons I was off and taking a hiatus the week before is because that was the week that the draft decision about um, our current Supreme Court's intention to end Roe versus Wade as we know it um, and make access to safe, affordable health care for many, many people much harder to access um, or much more challenging Uh, That was the week that happened, and so that was one of the reasons I was like, I really, this is so intense, this is so challenging, I need to go inward, I need to process this before I even talk about it. And, And that was, there were some other things going on in my life, but that was one of the reasons I was on hiatus the week before last. And then, of course, this past week, I was in Costa Rica. And so I was doing all this work in paradise on my own unworthiness, feeling a little bit strange about the fact that, you know, the world is so painful and violent to so many people and there's so much inequity and suffering and i'm here with the peacocks doing inner inner work what you know i would have those moments and even now as i've come back um and and in the final days of our immersion over the the weekend previous to this week where i'm recording this right now There were even more reasons for me to feel that way. More things happened. There were like four or five instances of gun violence, uh, mass gun violence in the United States um, over the weekend, one of which was a racially motivated shooting in buffalo new york at a grocery store um and most of the folks killed were black folks and it was a young white man with an assault rifle who who perpetrated the shooting and i'm realizing as i say that out loud i I didn't add any kind of content warning to this episode for the fact that i'm speaking about um really violent and painful things that involve you know bodily autonomy and 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 racial violence um And I I apologize for that. And at the same time, it's like, this is what's here. This is what's right in front of us. Um, And and we're seeing it every moment of the day. And so the kind of the world is the content warning right now. But anyway, you know, that happened over the weekend as I was in Costa Rica. And as I've been getting home, we as as a society are collectively starting to talk about it and process it. Um, This act of white supremacist terrorism, which is what it was, period, period. and it was a public lynching in the year 2022. You know, we, we, it's been 200 years since the height of pre-Civil War lynching, and that's, this is what's happening. And all that is to say, this is the context of the world that we're in, where there is so much violence, so many power imbalances, and so much suffering And I was still very much aware that that is the world that I was in as I was just in Costa Rica in this gorgeous place with this amazing, deeply spiritually attuned group of people just focusing on myself, working on myself and looking my deeply entrenched unworthiness mind right in the face, right? Just looking straight at it. And like I said, it felt really strange to do that sometimes. Like, should, quote-unquote, should I be doing this right now? But as I reflect on that part of my Costa Rica experience in the context of this continuously intense and painful world that we're in, kind of a few days after, you know, a few days removed from the actual experience, I have some clarity on the fact that that's actually an extension of my unworthiness mind. The pattern of saying, "Is it okay for me to be on this, on the, you know, in this spiritual immersion, working on myself in this fucked up world? Is it? Is that okay? Should I be doing that?" That itself is a question that's rooted in my unworthiness mind. And as I think about it, as I think about what's what's happening in the world, parallel to this deep, wild, and beautiful immersion, and and kind of business trip of a lifetime experience I just had in Costa Rica I can see that they're actually very deeply linked and I think I knew this in my mind cognitively um, that that the two things can be connected and the work of course the work we do on ourselves is connected to the world but I feel it really powerfully in my heart right now reflecting on these specific experiences because if I take, you know, I'm just taking these two major social collective events as an example, but there's so many I could choose from. I'm just using these two major ones. If we look at what's happening with Roe versus Wade and making reproductive health care and bodily autonomy um, inaccessible for so many people, which will um, disproportionately affect people who are already marginalized, already, you know, racially um marginalized already poor uh disabled right so that's happening and then looking at the continued thread of white supremacist racial violence that continues to manifest itself in our country you know looking at those two things they're both about power they're both about maintaining power the way that it has been especially in, in my country the united states um since its founding since its founding. Um, it was founded on power structures that are inequitable that that favor one group of people, which is you know land owning cisgendered heterosexual white men, and equity is is coming to the has been coming to the forefront in different ways over the last you know <laughs> couple of centuries, um, and as that group of people feels power slipping. It feels necessary to maintain it. And since it's no longer being accepted as the natural balance of power, because we know that, you know, inequity is not natural. Since that's no longer being accepted, it's being those in that, that, that historically privileged group, uh, favored group, are, are it's, it feels like force is necessary to maintain that power force is becoming what feels necessary. And so to, to dictate what other people can and cannot do, um, with their, their bodies uh, to dictate, you know, reproductive choice and the, the decision whether or if, or when to procreate, to create another human life and all the, the physical and emotional and, you know, social consequences that that entails and to you know harm other people because of their race both of those things are about maintaining power by force and in the yogic tradition power is mm, power isn't is sort of an it's it's one of the main energies that we that we have that we Um, work with that we contain in our lives and it can be balanced or it can be imbalanced just like so many other types of energies in our bodies and in our experiences and according to yoga philosophy power as it's associated with force supremacy domination that's imbalanced power and then on the other end of that 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 spectrum on the other side of that coin power In balance, balanced power is power that's rooted in love, awareness, and consciousness. So, according to yoga philosophy and kind of the energetic philosophy uh, and tradition that's associated with classical yoga, this grabbing onto power by force that we are seeing so viscerally in our collective experience, that is imbalanced power. And I have been taught by my teachers that that itself is rooted in unworthiness. That even, you know, unworthiness can take the sort of more straightforward form where, you know, we, we look at ourselves and we think, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be loved for who I am. I'm not worthy. That's sort of the more um, intuitive way to think about it. But at the same time, the, the overly inflated sense of self-worth um, and power, like I'm better than, instead of I'm less than, I'm better than, I'm more than, I deserve more than other people, that too is rooted in unworthiness. It's just kind of a mask over that same kind of unworthiness. And so on a collective scale, this grasping at power by force, this assumption that one group of people deserves more power than others, because that's how it's always been, is essentially rooted in an unworthiness, in a fear that this group will be less than, or not have enough, or not be enough. And I think that's a misunderstanding. I think that's an incorrect assumption, but I think that's what's there. And so that's what's helping me to understand why My work on my own unworthiness mind in paradise, in a world that's so fucked up, is actually, it matters in this fabric of existence that we're all working and living through right now. Because imbalances of power are rooted in unworthiness. And if I am moving from my unworthiness less, if I am living from a place of unworthiness less, I am putting less of the energy of unworthiness, the essence of unworthiness into this world that we're all sharing. Because my my fundamental belief that I've been taught by my teachers and by my path is that it's all connected, right? This, All of our energies, all of our experiences are connected. So if I am... Living with less unworthiness, I'm putting less unworthiness energy into the world. And if there is less unworthiness energy in the world, there's less power imbalances. There's an opportunity for fewer imbalances of power since those two things are deeply connected. And this is just me sharing with you. The process that both has been unfolding in my mind and heart in Costa Rica as I've gotten back from Costa Rica over the last few days and in real time as I verbalize it to you in this way. So thank you for hearing. Um, I'm just sharing that this is the process that has unfolded as I, um, I Do work on multiple levels, you know, still working on my unworthiness by claiming that it's okay for me to work on my own unworthiness in a beautiful place when the world is fucked up. And working on the fucked up world by working on my unworthiness. So perhaps I share this to affirm that if you are taking care of yourself, because that's part of what going to beautiful places and doing beautiful things in life is, if you're taking care of yourself. And if you're working on yourself, if you're focusing on yourself and your patterns and the places where you're stuck and the places where you want to grow in this world that makes it feel almost ridiculous or or unfair to focus on ourselves because so many people are suffering, know that it fucking matters so much. So for our practice day, this is the moment where we shift from cognitive, verbal processing into embodied, experiential, contemplative practice. So for our practice, I want to offer you the space to do that, to look at yourself, to care for yourself, and to be with yourself in a fucked up world, because that matters. Because if you're putting less of the energy of your pain in the world, there's going to be less pain in the world. And how amazing is that? And so time to sit and be with ourselves is where we're going now. And this is the part of the Awareness Offerings podcast where we do, we sit for meditative practice. So if you're not in a position where where you can sit still for a few moments, this might be a good time to pause and come back when you are. If you're coming along now, I'm going to invite you to get your body into a comfortable seat, which is any seat you want in the world, as long as your spine can lengthen. So you can sit with your legs crossed on the ground, on a cushion, on a pillow. You can sit in a chair, sit on your bed. Legs can extend, knees can bend. You can put your back up against a wall. All I ask is that spine is long. However, you find that because the spinal column is the central channel of the body, it's where our energy moves. You know we talked about the the different main fundamental energies that we contain, like power. That's how where all those different energies move and live. So there's more of a sense of connection and openness when the spine is long. So as you find that for yourself, you might settle in by closing your eyes. Or you could just soften your gaze, maybe gazing down the tip of your nose or softly toward the floor. Just settling into yourself and turning toward yourself. And you might practice centering within yourself, in your seat of practice, by beginning a breath awareness practice. You don't have to change your breath at all. Do anything with it. Just notice that it's happening. As you're inhaling, notice that you are. And as you're exhaling, notice that it's happening. Just bringing your mind, your body, and your focus into one place. Centering. And as you center into your experience, you might still be having thoughts as part of your experience. And if you are like me and your unworthiness mind is part of your patterns, this is a place we can work to disconfirm it. To say no to the unworthiness mind by saying no to judging ourselves for having thoughts when we're trying to practice meditation. We're not trying to have no thoughts in meditation. We're just trying to go a different place, a place that's deeper, more quiet and more real. So as the thoughts happen, you can just tell them not now, as in that's not where I'm going to put my focus right now. Then return your focus to your breath, or perhaps to the feelings in your body, or a sound you can hear in the room right now. Anything that connects you to your present moment experience, which is inherently more quiet and less chaotic than the human mind. So you might just practice reorienting to your present moment experience as your thoughts continue for a few breaths here. Now, as you have created this more settled place of meditative work and practice for yourself, I'll invite you to start to notice, you know, just as you noticed your breath and perhaps noticed your thoughts, to notice how you feel and what you feel. It might start with physical body awareness, kind of scanning the different planes and, and twists and turns of your own body to notice where you feel sensation. Just kind of tune in, hone in on that. It could also be linked to your emotional body. It might be, you know, a physical sensation or it might be an emotional sensation or one that manifests as both, right? Like if you're feeling some anxiety, you might feel some tightness or tingling in your belly. If you're feeling joyful or loving, you might feel like an an awareness and an expansion in your heart. If you're feeling tired, you might feel that behind your eyes or in your head, your skull. You know how you feel. I'm not telling you there are things that you feel or should feel, but you begin to kind of zero in on the places in your body where you feel sensation, physical, energetic, and emotional, or both, and you let your awareness start to rest in those places. You might imagine your breath moving in and out in that specific space where you feel something, whether it's your belly, your heart, your feet, whatever it is, wherever it is, is correct. But you just start to rest your awareness there and send your awareness there. And as you get familiar with what you feel and where you feel it, kind of sensation-wise, you might start to name it to yourself. It doesn't have to become over-analytical. It doesn't have to be, you know, figuring anything out. But if instinctually you feel a certain sensation in a place... If a word or, or a name comes up for what that is for you, just embrace it, right? Like if there's anxiety, I'm feeling anxiety in my belly. If there's love, I'm feeling love in my heart. If there's tiredness, I'm feeling tiredness in my eyes and so on. Wherever it is, you keep your awareness there and perhaps you're, you name it for yourself, And then with that awareness of what you feel, where you feel it, I'll invite us to start to, in this meditative space, tend to take care of those feelings. Keeping your awareness on whatever physical place you feel it, whatever sensations you're feeling, and just saying to what you feel. Dear one, I see you. Dear one, I feel you. Dear one, it's okay that you're here. Dear one, I see you. Dear one, I feel you. Dear one, it's okay that you're here. Just breathing those in or whatever other kind of affirmative phrases that you feel called to, to to offer to the place in your body and to the feelings in your body that you're experiencing. I see you. I feel you. You're valid, right? Just taking care of what we feel with awareness for a few breaths. By tending to what we feel, especially if it's a heavy or tight or challenging thing to feel. doesn't mean they have to go away, but maybe we make space around them. We care for them. And perhaps that creates the the intention of eventually releasing them if they're difficult. Tending to what we experience. So we're putting less of our own stuff, our patterns, our suffering, our pain into the world. Knowing that that means there will be less suffering and pain in the world. Tending to yourself matters. So perhaps for the final few breaths, you just say, you inhale, affirm to yourself, tending to myself matters. And you exhale, tending to myself matters. Both kind of disconfirming your internal narrative of unworthiness in this world and working on the unworthiness for the world. This inhaling, tending to myself matters. Exhaling, tending to myself matters. And one more time, let's inhale, tending to myself matters. Just directing that care toward yourself. Exhaling, tending to myself matters. Then I'll invite you to place your left hand over the center of your chest, right hand over your left with a light cupping in your hands, holding your own heart as a physical symbol of tending to yourself, working on your stuff which matters for all of us. Holding yourself. Let's breathe that in. Just holding, tending to for one more breath. Then as you exhale, feel free to release your hands. Begin to blink your eyes open, maybe move around and return to the external space outside of your formal meditation. But you might continue to feel sort of the imprint of that holding of your own heart or that sensation and feeling of tending to yourself, however it made you feel to do that. You might hold that feeling and notice that it doesn't have to just evaporate as soon as we open our eyes. And that willingness to keep feeling the effects of our practice and our work after formal meditation is how all of this is linked, how the internal work begins to affect the external because we take the essence of our practice into the world with us. And I'm so grateful that you were willing to do that with me today and in your life in general. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Lara Tara, L A U R A T A R A, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxela Sun, O X E L A S U N whom you can also find on Instagram.